This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. What episode is it, Riv? 20, 23. 23. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Good morning, JR. Michael, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan numbers. It's bound to be a great one. Well, you know MJ, don't you? Of course I know MJ. I know MJ very well. The best, the best uh, MJ story that uh, I've ever heard you mention was we were on live air, and I heard you told a story one time about him playing golf with you on a game day, but the best part about that was didn't he hear about it, and he told Charles Barkley, tell JR not to give away all our, our secrets now. Uh, that was that was another professional athlete say don't don't give away all our secrets but he liked it <laughs> oh okay all right i thought okay yeah. all right all yeah. right i, th- I yeah. thought i thought for some reason it was actually uh jordan that that no, uh no chelly Ch- Ch- chelly is actually the one that says jr can't give away all our secrets but but michael loved the story <laughs> um how can how can you not love the story i mean michael jordan is one of the most epic one of the best athletes in the history of sports and what makes his legacy and his legend, his legendary status even bigger when you tell stories like that, that he can, he can still perform at the top of the, the best, best level and dominate any level after playing 36 holes and pounding down beers. Really? It's just insane. I, he's so a legend. He's, he's, he's the he's biggest competitor that I've, that I've ever seen that I've ever been around and that I ever, um, that I ever competed against. The, the quick story to that is though, what? So like you guys played golf, you beat him. He wanted to, he want, cause he's so competitive. He took you back out and then you bet him that he, he couldn't do beat something. Him again, that- and I beat him again. And then I, I said, I was going to put money on Cleveland that night. And he goes, ah, no, that ain't happening. I bet, I, I bet you we win and I get like 52 points and all that stuff. And you know, he got his money back. You know, it's amazing. I haven't watched the NBA since he left. PD loves it. PD loves it. He's all about the NBA and basketball. You just just take a look at the basketball now and the basketball back in the 90s. And we do the same thing with hockey, right? And and you look at the face of the of the face of the NBA right now in LeBron James. Who who is it? And look at the it's LeBron, it's LeBron James. And you look at the face back in the '90s, which was Michael Jordan, and and the and the class level and the the way that he carried himself. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, just blows I hate away. LeBron James. I've hated LeBron James. He's, I've hated LeBron, LeBron James, James for ye- since why? he came. Why is he's, that? He's a donkey. He's an absolute donkey. Why I hate him because I, I remember when he won that championship, and he just stood there. And he had this look on his face, like like he had the NBA Finals trophy in one hand and the the Larry O'Brien trophy in the other hand, and he's just got this like look on his face. He's like he's like, you know. And I and I just think like Michael Jordan well, you know never did that. The, the, you know what's the, even worse? You know what's even worse? You never heard Michael Jordan say, "I'm the best player in the NBA. I deserve the MVP." And and yeah. whine and cry when he didn't get the MVP, and that's what LeBron did when he didn't get the MVP at the end of the year. He 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 diminished the trophy because somebody else won it. That's such bullshit. And Michael yeah. Jordan, what he does, he uses it as fuel the next season to go out and prove mm-hmm. everybody wrong. He does it. He does the exact opposite. He he, you know. Now, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And by the way, but it's, by it, the way, it's just I like you. This, I I will say this too. And LeBron James uses this platform uses this platform in a very uh, in a political sense which I mean you some would like him for that some would not yeah. but he doesn't help he doesn't help the situation that's happening in this country by the things that he says on the social media he only inflames them yeah anyway I just go back to very simply I have not watched basketball since Larry Bird Magic Johnson Isaiah Thomas, Dominic Wilkins, uh, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, mm-hmm. Rod Kemp, Bill Lambeer, and the yeah. Detroit Pistons. 
that was that was basketball it was it was so entertaining those guys back then oh man it was unbelievable you left out one of the legends you left out one of the greats right right from shy town didn't start there though dennis rodman scotty pippen oh yeah well the worm yeah oh man it was just great it was great just in Boston versus Lakers, Celtics versus Lakers. That's right. Some of the yeah. best, some of the best basketball of all time. Bulls yeah. versus Detroit, just awesome. Yeah, those those are good old days. But you know, again, the the players change, the mentalities change, the egos change, and you know, and it, it all stems from the, the the amount of the money that they make on, on their contracts. And and you know, <laughs> all good if if someone's going to pay them that kind of money. Yeah. Great for them. I, I don't feel I don't I'm not mad at them for making the money, but you can still act the right way and you can still be a, a good uh, athlete and you can still do great things for the community, do great things to kids um, and just don't act like you're better than everybody else because you're not. You just make more and you play basketball better or you play hockey better or you play football better. Uh, you know, character is a. You know, it's a big thing for sure. So you say the game's different in basketball too. I, I mean, I, I think everybody would agree with that. But isn't isn't that the evolution? Like even football too. I mean, it just seems like all these games are just changing toward just more talent, more skill, more scoring. Well, that's, well, that's I mean, that's better equipment. It's better nutrition. It's better training. It's better. Um, it's just knowing more about the body, knowing more about, um, technology. Um, you know, these kids today in every sport, they're bred to play the game. I mean, we, we weren't bred to play the game. We played street hockey. We played pond hockey. You know, I didn't see it. I I've told you guys this before. I didn't see an ab on a hockey player until I was like 26. You know, we, <laughs> we, 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 we it was it was it was it was beer, pizza, and scrimmage in the training camp. You know, yeah. it was it. And you know, you it, know? It, it's it today's today's and it's it's basically the hockey society. But you know, you uh, there's a lot of parents out there that have uh, grandiose ideas of of uh, mm-hmm. you know where they want their son to go and and the amount of money that is put into the game of hockey right now, whether it's in mm-hmm. skill development whether it's in a, a skating coach, whether it's in a trainer, whether it's, it, it's just, it's insane. The amount of money that's being put in. And, um, you know, the funny thing is, you know, so many people kind of ask me, you know, they ask me the question, they ask my story, just simple, just a simple conversation with a parent or, or someone from another team that I'm talking to. How, how'd you do it? And I said, uh, I would wake up on a Saturday at eight o'clock. I would be out the door and at the outdoor rink where I would have to probably walk two to three blocks. So it was probably maybe, maybe a, a mile. And I would spend my mother. Okay. I'm not going to skating coaches or, 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 or all this, uh, this stuff where you're paying an outrageous amounts of money. My mother gave me $5 and that $5 was for hot chocolate and hot chicken soup. Mm -hmm. And they were 25 cents. Okay. I would go to this outdoor rink and I would spend from nine o'clock all the way. My mother would, she would pack me a lunch. I would eat lunch at one o'clock, but I would be there all day playing. Mm -hmm. Scrimmage hockey, there could and why? Because Because I absolutely loved it. It was not a there was not a place on earth that I would rather be. But I spent nine, ten hours a day on the weekends after school. I'd come home at three thirty. I'd do my homework. Yeah, right. And then Mm -hmm. I would be, (laughs) I would be at the outdoor rink. Every mm-hmm. single night, I spend three, four, five hours out there. That's how I got better. That's I, I, I had a yeah. passion for the game. It was just probably what you guys were doing. But instead, in today's society, I mean, there's just so much structured practice. There's pressure. At this oh, pressure, there's, there's, yeah. there's, undue, 
this undue pressure on the and kids. there's pressure at the, the younger ages too. I mean, my son well, played. Soccer. The pressure starts at nine or eight when you're playing, you know, AAA high end hockey, and you're 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 traveling from Boston to Chicago for a tournament or like what? Yeah, hey, I, ice I, my, is ice. You don't have to travel all over Hell's Creation. Just get on the ice and love the game, and believe me, you'll get better. My uh, my kid played soccer with a kid this year. He's eight years old, and I, I guess he's a pretty good little hockey player. But like I, you know, the parents were talking at one of the games. Oh, he's he's got to miss that game next week. He's got he's got tryouts for this team, and then he's going to play on another team. But then that same day, he has a clinic, and then you know he's got clinics all next week. And it's just, I'm just like, what? Like how I like for that kid right there, the same the kid that's my son's age. He's eight years old, and. Like, yeah, well, he's really good. You know, he's really good. And we, we, we really want to, you know, stay on. And I'm like, does he love it? Oh, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I bet he does. I bet if he had an option to maybe have one of those days off and hang out with his buddies, he'd probably take it if you asked yeah. him, you know? Yeah, well, but, I think it's really important in saying that. I think it's really important that parents allow their kids to do other things besides just hockey, right? Like you said, playing soccer. I think multi-sport is really important for kids because they learn different techniques. They learn different parts to use different parts of their body. Uh, their skills will, will develop in other aspects of sports and not, and they won't get just absolutely drained and worn out after one sport. So if I could give any, any kind of, um, um, you know, tips to a parent would be make sure your kid does multi-sport. That's me. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, JR, that's going to fall on deaf ears. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hate to yeah. say it. I've been around this yeah. game uh, far too long. These days, um, these days, you're exactly right. Yeah, it these is, days exactly it right. is insane. And, uh, you know, I mean, you see these kids, they look like, they look like little robots, you know, their, their life, their life is, is trying to, uh, you know, get to a destination that uh, it almost seems like their, their parents want more than the, more than yeah. the yeah. actual kids. So. You know, it's it's funny, Jr. We sit here, we talk about the evolution of game, the game and sports, whether it's hockey, basketball, doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's been the hottest conversation around the NHL this week. You know, I'm sure you heard Tortorella's comments about the Zegers to Milano play, and I don't think we talked about it last week because I think it happened right after you were on with us, maybe yeah, even yeah. that night. So we haven't even yeah. had a chance. But I turn on NHL Network today, and it's a week later, and they're still talking about it because that play that Zegers made to Milano um, got. 50 million views uh, yeah. on on social media and all different platforms. And I just think you played in the era that Tortorella is talking about. Did you hear Torts' comments about how he thinks it's bad for the game? So what do you think about what do you think about that play? And what do you think about Torts' comments? Well, I've always wanted more more personality and more character in um, in the game. I've wanted uh, more people to speak up, more people to have personality, because you have to be able to sell the game. People come to watch sports to be entertained, not put to sleep. I mean, how many times have we watched games, especially back in the mid-90s when we watched New Jersey Devils and the bullshit trap system that there was one nothing games, 2-1 games, the worst hockey in the history of hockey was the, was the middle 90s New Jersey Devils trap. Yeah. And it ruined the game. It ruined the game. It actually, it, that, that actually set up the rules that the NHL made to take away the red line and try to, you know, change, it up. get more yeah. offense, open it up. And I, I hate that type of hockey. What Zegras did and just that whole mentality of it. Number one, it's, it's amazing what these kids will try in the National Hockey League. They're so talented. And yeah. their bravery to try certain things like that um, and, and I'll tell you this, Zegris wasn't doing that to impress all the fans. He was doing it because he was creative and it was the play to be made at the time. And he knew he yeah. could do it. Yep. That's, that's what you have to do when you're a good hockey player. We talk about hockey sense all the time. We talk about kids that have the hockey sense and just have skill where there's some players that have both. And Trevor Zegris is a guy that has the hockey sense and he has the skill. And when you have that, 
You should use it at every aspect that you can. And a lot of times when they do, they are going to electrify the fans. Now that play was one of the best plays that I've ever seen. It brought me out of the seat. I watched it a hundred times. It was on ESPN more than any hockey highlight in the last 10 years. Okay. So that is going to bring more fans to watch the game because they're going to absolutely appreciate the ability and the, and the, and the spectacle that it created. That's what the National Hockey League needs. That's how you're going to sell tickets. That's how these players are going to get more fans. That's how these players are going to be more recognizable when they do stuff like that. The National Hockey League right now, guys, has to make up for a year and a half of lost revenue in attendance because of the COVID. Yep. The only way you're going to do that is to make the game as fun as an exciting and 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 spellbounding as you possibly can. So good for Trevor Zegers to do that. Now, to go to John Tortorella's mentality, I love John Tortorella, okay? There's a reason why he's not coaching right now. And I think because it's been a long time of having old school mentality. You're seeing old school mentality coaches in the National Hockey League disappear. John Tortorella, now, whether he said what he did on set because he wanted a little bit of a difference of opinion to the other cast members that were yep. just going crazy about it. And he was being, you know, maybe dumbing it down a little bit to try to bring a different perspective to keep a conversation going. Cause John Tortorella, whether he meant to do it or not, has kept a conversation about what we're talking about alive for a week. And that brings on more fans. It brings on more opinions. And that's good for the game. Now, we all know that what Trevor Zegers did is not going to lose fans in the National Hockey League. It's not. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make more people appreciate and be more loving of the game and appreciate the game and love Trevor Zegers. John Tortorella, you got to love him. He's At times, he's, he's going to say things that are, you know, you kind of scratch your head. But, but again, no. do you do you think that he took the unpopular side? I think that he did. Petey's done this for years. Yeah. We were working on that other show. And, and by the uh, way, John, John Tortorella's a smart dude. Man. He is a smart he's guy. A, and he doesn't care. Smart guy. You know, he's he, he's looking, he understands that this is what he's doing right now is he's an entertainer himself. And he's what he's saying. And you know, he's listening to his other cast members talk about, oh, this is the greatest thing ever for the game. And this, and you know what? I think John Tortorella realized I got to take the, I got to take the unpopular yeah. uh, opinion. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think that uh, I, uh, listen, I sent, I sent a video. I was on Twitter uh, last night and I sent a, a, a video to, to PD on Trevor Zegers. And it, and it was showing, multiple over the mm-hmm. course of the year so far, multiple skilled, you know, Amazing. dynamic moves that he has done. And I'm going to tell you, this kid is absolutely lights out. Great. It's, it's yep. incredible. Yep. And he's not the only one. I mean, he's the one that made that play in that game the other night that now that everybody's talking about Trevor's egress, but there's many kids like him sure. that are young in, in the league. Do you, do you think we'll ever see that play again? I mean, hundred in the NHL. Well, yes, I mean, absolutely. Well, listen. Well, look at look 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 at some of the plays that we've seen over the years. You had Malik who did the between the legs shootout goal with yeah. the Rangers yeah. way back when. That yeah. was like talked about. Nobody ever really tried that in the game. To me, now you now that you is see the greatest the goal ever in the in the National Hockey League history. It's, is that goal right there? And it, there's a reason why. Yeah. It's, We're it talking changed, about- it changed the, the mentality of how how you can use your stick, how you can shoot the puck, and how many times has, Bra- has Matthew Kachuk scored a goal like that between his legs? Like three or four times. Yeah. How many times yeah. have we seen guys try it in games? Yeah. All, like all the time. How about the, the lacrosse around the net? with, with, with Spachnikov, like, the, the Michigan, right? Spachnikov. Yeah, people try it all the time now. So yeah. you you are going to see people try that flip over the net now because nobody expected the goaltender had no idea it was coming nobody knew it and still and even Sonny Milano being able to hit it out of the air that takes high high hand coordination and talent in the heat of the moment in one of the most 
dangerous areas of the ice. I mean, it was a it was an amazing play all the way around the thought process, the execution, and and the finish. And then on the bench, on the bench, when they said it was no not a high stick, it was a goal. To watch their reaction together, boys, that's called entertainment. That's uh, called sports. That's where you lost me, Jr. Uh, I'm no, going to tell you, Petey and right. I were uh, nope. ready to come to blows uh, the other day. I'm going to tell you that right now. For Go, me, ahead, JR, Torts. Go ahead, Torts. Why don't you tell Jr. what listen, the problem is? Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. Come on, Torts. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you curmudgeon. Come, come on, on Torts. Say, say so something. This is, say so something this is about put your podcast. On. This is my podcast, and I want to hours. <laughs> I want to. I want to swear. Listen, I'm gonna say this one more time. Let her rip, Riff. I love the skill. I love the dynamic play. I love the creativity. It's what they need. I have a, maybe, listen, okay, maybe put me in a little bit of a box where Torts is sitting, okay? We'll sit in the box together. But here's the thing. I am big on respect in the game, and I do not go. Enough with not, that shit. I do not deal well respect. With, with disrespect. And what's when disrespectful? I, what's disrespectful is yes. the other goddamn game. Sonny Milano or, or, or whatever, the Zegris skated by the bench after he scored in the shootout and was doing the woo okay. right by the other team's bench. <laughs> okay. To me, that guy is going to pay. If, if the guy uh, would have scored the see? goal and just celebrated. Yeah, but you, don't, bench, you right? don't know. But what, what you don't know is and it's something that might have happened during the game. Maybe somebody on that oh, team. JR, maybe on. somebody on that team gave gave Zegris or Milano. You know, the, maybe the it, maybe thing. it was the two elementary school kids, Zegris and Milano, that are hugging each other on the bench, like giggling and laughing, and they're on the videotron, and yeah, it's like you know, because okay. you don't think they knew. You don't think they knew at that exact moment that they had just done something that had never been done. These guys, these guys figure out their creativity watching the greats, watching highlights of JR, highlights of Iserman, highlights of Crosby, Ovechkin, all these guys that have this unbelievable skill. The Svechnikov. You goals. have just said that Crosby so, is so, one of the most skilled players in the world. Sidney Crosby's never done anything like this. But that's different. Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby chooses to be reserved. He's a he's still that. Old, like a Steve Eiserman type superstar, you know, silent behind the scenes, like you know that kind of thing. Like these guys are different. Like they're different. They, there's nothing wrong with this. That's the the problem. Isn't them? The problem, Craig, is you. This is a, no. I think this. It's I, I I do appreciate what he's saying because listen, I do appreciate what, what Ribs is saying. And if you listen just for a quick second, I hate in football when they make a good tackle and it's like, oh, oh, yes, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, Cause they just make a tackle. That's what you're supposed to do. When the interceptions happen, they all run down to this. They all run down and, and they all do a They all do this dance. Okay. You're supposed to make an interception. Okay. JR, but, on, let him finish. Let him finish. The, the, the celebration, the celebration I think is okay when it's deserved now you have certain people in football you have larry fitzgerald who will hand the football back to the referee and be you know very respectful yeah, no yeah. who wouldn't holler yeah when you do something great and you know you've done something great like score a goal yeah. like ovechkin scored his 50th again and he did the hot stick or somebody or, or when tamo solani scored his 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 record and he shot the glove those those are entertaining moments. You should celebrate when Zegras and Milano do something that is going to change the hockey, and they yeah. don't even know it, but they know they did something great. Celebrate with your team. Okay, celebrate I'm gonna. With the so, I just want I, to add one thing, Riv. Just hold that thought. It's you a great when, thought too. 
Again, go ahead. I mind mine's it's a great aver- thought because mine's an average thought. So go ahead. I don't know if you guys because I love watching NFL football. Like I am, I love football and I love after the receivers or you know the defensive line or whatever make a sack or a catch and and they do, you know, their dance. They do their <laughs> dance. Did you guys see LA Chargers Bosa? Did you see his? No. Did you see it? Oh my! I'm thinking to myself, how how is someone not cheap shot this guy? So this is the dance he does after he makes a sack. Okay, he he stands up and he starts doing like he's doing squats. Okay, but then he jumps down and he does some push ups and then he jumps back up and he's doing the squats. He's going up and down, up and down. Then he does a couple push ups and he goes back up and he's doing. Do you know what he's doing? It's the Fortnite dance where you're teabagging your your opponent. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it that they, they they were explaining this uh, on Twitter the other day because everyone's like, "What the heck is he doing?" And he would basically do a That's couple amazing. squats, go down, push up, get back up. Hey, Riff, Riff, what's teabagging? Get it. What's teabagging, Riff? Well, you're gently putting your your ball sack on someone's head, you know, like so. So in Fortnite, you know, you know the 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 kids video game there. After someone um, gets shot, the other you would go over and you can have all of the different types of dances, you know. You can teabag somebody in Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. that's by the way. Listen, you would go. You would. You know, it's you would all, go over to the guy that you kids, shot. What's happening with our kids is all coming into one big bowl here in this podcast. It is. It is crazy. It is crazy. And and that was the celebration from Nick Bosa um, the other day, which was like for me again. I was like, oh my god, I was laughing my head off because I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know what he was doing because I'm not a Fortnite guy. But on Twitter the next day, wow. they were talking That's about funny. it. Because they were saying, is this siding on, on the side of disrespectful? The refs didn't obviously know what he was doing, right? Well, he's celebrating. He's yeah, celebrating. The, I mean, how would the refs, how would the refs know that he's doing a Fortnite dance? Yeah. No, no. There's a, cel- there's a time for a celebration. There's time not to have a celebration. When you do something great, you score a big goal, you score a beautiful goal, you celebrate. If yep. you're losing five to five to one and – you score a, a, a goal with a minute left to make it five, two, just go to the bench, you know, tap your guys on the, on the shin pads. If you're up six to one and you score the seventh goal, don't go in front of the, uh, in front of the bench and look at the bench and disrespect them. There's a time and a place for everything. And Zegris and Milano, the time and the place was perfect for them to well, celebrate together. Do you remember when uh, Chicago and, um, Toronto played each other a couple of years ago. Pat Kane scored and he did his move. And then Austin yeah. Matthews scored Matthews did and, he, it. and he did the exact same uh, celebration that Kane did. And they yeah. laughed about it. And they that was amazing. Him. Two great American players, both first overall, um, having one, fun. Who, one who looked up to the other one big Absolutely. time growing up. Yeah, it's great. I'll, I'll tell you, you know what? It, I don't know what year it was, but you know, when the NFL won me, as a fan and then lost me as a fan and then really won me back again as a fan. Do you remember back JR? I know you'll remember this, Craig. I don't know how far back you go with watching NFL, but these were just because of highlights for me. I only saw these on highlights, but I don't know if you remember. I think it was Ocho Cinco scores a touchdown. He goes and grabs a cell phone out from underneath the, 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 yeah. 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 And he calls and, you know, he grabs the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, marker, the marker on the side, the the touchdown marker, the orange thing, and he puts the ball down. He pretends he's playing mini putt, you know, like he did all these things. Uh, to like all these guys. What about Mir- Miroslav Satan when he uh, scored that uh, big goal for the Sabers? Yeah, but and then but- basically did the uh, did the uh, telephone or, or the the cell phone thing like call me or something? I was on the team. He he going to be very treated. frowned upon then. But I guess the but then the NFL goes and they take away those those celebrations. Like we don't want players taunting or celebrating or doing all that stuff. And I'm just thinking, and that's when I was like, it's no fun anymore. And that's it's it's no it's no fun. And then now they've brought it back where players can celebrate. So they choreograph all these celebrations. 
and and I love that. I love seeing the celebrations. I think it's fun, and I I think we need more. And I think you know, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, with- but you, yeah, but you need celebrations after every tackle. No, every tackle. No, every tackle. After no, every I can't tackle. stand that. After every, after I can't every stand tackle, that. it's like. Aah! Yeah, I know, and I can't stand that. I really, I hate that too. And I, I'm glad you said that. But with the touchdowns and goals, touchdowns and goals, I want, I want celebrate. I want to see some creativity. I want to see, like it, it's a new game here. Simple as that. Yeah, Sorry, Riff. I'm with you. I'm with you. Sorry, well, Riff. I don't want to see. I don't want to see anything when they score a goal and make it seven one or yeah. you know, it, it like goals that are just just insufficient. I you know just, I, just go you know, back and, and go back and play. You know what? I listen. I mean, I I could very, very, very easily be um, persuaded away from my thoughts. Um, I only think of this, and 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 it's maybe my issue that I think of it more as when I played, and I'm not a player anymore. And as a fan, which I am of this game, whether I watch football or hockey, I want to see personality and the problem is when i watch different sports whether it's basketball whether it's football i love nothing more than being entertained by these men on the field and the way they react i love it i have an issue and maybe it's because i played the game so long in the national hockey league that my playing brain always seems to kind of take over and there's things that rile me up because I would be reacting to these things when I yeah. played I'm the same a way. long I'm the time same ago, way. a long time ago. And maybe that's a fault of mine. I watch as a player, not as a fan. I watch it as a player. And, and, and right now, I'm going to tell you this. If I was playing the game, I would not be happy and there would be something said or done to those guys that are making my team look like a bunch of jackasses. That's you, the problem I have. But you, as a fan, I want that. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. yeah do you remember no, when- that's, that's, that's a valid, that's a, that's a very valid point. Trust me. Cause you know how it feels when you get yeah. embarrassed. Yes. And, and I don't like being embarrassed. I don't like, I like be, I like honor in the game. I like uh, the way to do things right. But at the same time, as a fan, that's, that's out the window. I want to see entertainment. I want to be entertained. And those two young guys did something brilliant in that game. And, we, and we've been talking about it for a week. And it's mm-hmm. going to be talked about for a long time. And I hope there's more goals that are like that. Let's flip the script for a second. Just for a second on this topic. Do you think it bugs the Sabres that it happened against them? Or you think they're pissed off that it happened against them? You think they're sitting there going, oh, here we are on the highlight yeah. reel? I don't think there's no. any Sabre no. on that entire team that um feels the way i do because they're all from a different era yeah they don't you I, think, know, I, think, I think i think i think those guys in the i think, I think those think, guys in the bench sure. are like oh my god that was awesome you, that? That was you think awesome. they said hey it only happened because no one touched milano in front of the net there were four no, guys but, standing no, in the middle of four said, guys you know, you, know, you know what they probably said the guys in the bench are like god i'm glad i wasn't on the ice for that one 100 percent. how about someone, someone challenged zegras behind the net maybe go ahead yeah. I've, you know what? I wanted to, uh, I was talking to Petey about this this morning. I, I told him that I had read this, um, on, on TSN. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts. Uh, you know, Jeff Molson came out the other day and, and, and said that, uh, and Jeff, uh, Gorton also came out and said that they're going to be looking for a new GM of the Montreal Canadians. And, uh, they probably, would be choosing someone after the holidays is what they said. But in the, in the article, Jeff Molson had said that there was at least three women that have, that are on their list for, for GM candidates of, of the Montreal Canadians. And uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's certainly interesting because I don't, there's never been uh, a female GM in the, in the national hockey league. And I had to do a little bit of uh, research. I had text uh, Elliot uh, Freeman and asked him, is there any assistant GM, female GMs in the league? And he said, yes. Said this year, there is uh, the assistant GM 
in Seattle is um, a woman called Alexandra Mandrike. Alexander Mandrike. She's uh, she's the assistant GM of uh, Seattle Kraken. So interesting. What are your what are your uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, to tell you the truth, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I I'm an inclusive person, man. I. I am a big advocate of women's sports. Um, some of the best Olympic moments that I had working on TV was covering the women's hockey and watching yeah. how they played and the level that they played. And let me tell you something. There's a lot, a lot of smart female hockey players out there. Very brilliant. Um, you know, you, you talk about their skill level. The, the skill level is not up to a, to a male, but that's just genetics. That's just being a male to a female. Yep. But their brains think the same and sometimes think more logically and maybe uh, will, will think something out and not let their, their emotions get in the way of, their, of, a, of a quality thought process. And I do think there's a lot of quality uh, women hockey players out there that A, played the game really well and B, see the game very well. Um, and I mean, you see, you see, you see the women on on air talking about the game, and sometimes they don't sound great because maybe they're not getting their point across, or they're nervous being on uh, on television because it, it's it's very new for a woman to be in broadcasting, calling a hockey game. Yeah. But if you listen, if you listen to if you listen to the women calling at a game or analyzing the game. They say the same things, if not elaborate a little bit more as exactly what, unless you're Pierre Maguire and you just talk total bullshit that doesn't matter about the game at all, who's an absolute fucking awful person to listen to because he says nothing about the game. He only wants to impress everybody with his knowledge of reading a book uh, besides him. No, but tell us, tell us how you really feel though. Um, but <laughs> I, I, Hey, listen, I would like, I would like, I'd be very interested to, to hear of some of the candidates that they are thinking of for Montreal. I would have to think it'd be a, a French woman. Uh, and there's a, there's a couple that I remember watching. I don't remember their names, but watching in team Canada that were, I mean, so good. Yeah. But um, it, it seems like Montreal it has to be a French woman and somebody that's she's going to have to be, she's going to have to be bilingual. That's, that is yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't mind it, Rip. I, it's good for the game. It's, yeah, it's good. there's too it's, much it's, testosterone in hockey. It's not even. It's, it's not even about it's good for the game. It's like to have a female GM. It's not about that. It's it's yeah. about if if whoever is best suited for that job. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. if 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 it shouldn't be about uh, you know gender. It should be about who's the best and most qualified. Well, I hope for that I hope position. they're making. I hope they're making that decision because of that. Okay. And um, it'll be interesting to see who they pick. But I'll tell you, there's, there's a lot of female hockey players that I've seen over the last 10 years watching Olympic hockey that are very capable of being a general manager in National Hockey League. I'm, yeah. I'm for sure. Gary, how many, I'm, I'm sure how many women are, you know, so you have Haley Wickenheiser. And, and I'm a huge fan of mm -hmm. Haley Wickenheiser. I, I think that she is, you know, I love I absolutely love watching, um, you know, the the Olympics and 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 the women's hockey. I think it's amazing when you have Canada and you have the U.S. play against each other. Awesome. I mean, it awesome. is highly, I mean, emotional, highly entertaining. It is incredible hockey. I love it, yep. and I just remember over all those years watching Haley Wickenheiser is 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 one for me that just she just mm -hmm. completely sticks out and she right now is one of these skill development uh coaches for the Toronto Maple Leafs so Maple Leafs, yeah. women are are you know are are starting to get integrated into the highest level of of this mm -hmm. game uh it's great to see and uh you know now it's now it's about you know if you're going to hire someone well, you're going to hire someone yeah. with the the best capabilities they were Haley Wickenheiser they're not going to question her knowledge on the game she was better nope. than most of the men in the game when I was in the league. Not well, most. She was, she was. She was playing was over. Better than. Better was than she not playing in second, second or. She third was in Europe playing against men. Yeah, I think. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. No, I like it. I, I you know, I, I like it. It's, a, it's a good question, and um, I, I think it'd be, it'd be, 
It'd be good for women's sports because I think we need more women hockey players. Um, I'm so happy when they came out with their professional league. Um, you know, they got Billie Jean King to help support them. Uh, Brian Burke helped support them. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of it, Crosby, uh, McDavid, all these players did a lot to get this new women's professional league. And now we need more young girls starting it. And little things like this will will bring more young young women and or I say young young girls to want to play hockey. And I think That's there's right. nothing but good things. That's well, nothing I, but great. I want to talk about the Olympics um, and and the situation there about the league leaving it up to the players. I thought that was interesting. Maybe I overread into it, but uh, I just want to ask you one thing: uh, Mark Andre Fleury, five hundred five hundredth win. Um, on Thursday in a shutout against the Canadians. He's the, the reason why I bring that up is he, he's, this is a great, this is, this is great. You're, you're going to love my answer on this. He's, people he's, are going to hate me for this answer, but they'll think what, about no, it. What? Go ahead. No, finish your question. Well, I don't know if answer. my question is going to lead to your answer. So ju I just want to make sure. I'll make sure it does. Get that I'll point make sure out. it does. Well, I'm just looking at the screen here on NHL network and it says fewest games to reach 500 wins. Fleury did it in 901. Brodeur did it in 908. Waugh did it in 933. And I sit and I'm like, you can't compare. You can't. Because Fleury had cannot. shootout wins. Yeah, exactly. He had shootout so wins. Brodeur would have... You know how many wins Bruder would have if all those ties that he got went he to a shootout? Almost a thousand, probably had a thousand. What did he have? Six hundred yeah. and something? Six ninety-one? I think he has. Well, he he got enough. He got enough where nobody will catch him even in today's game. Right. So, so he he has like six hundred. He and and let's not take anything away. Let's not take anything away from um from Flurry because he's a great goaltender. He's a great competitor. He's but a great person. But you can't compare the wins nowadays Thank you. to the wins of Patrick Waugh and Mar Marty Brodeur, okay? Even Eddie Belfort. Look, do you know how many ties, how many ties Marty Brodeur had? He had like 136 ties. Ties. Really? So, yes, like 126. Patrick Waugh had like 110. Like, these are ties. And Marty Berger still had 669 wins or something like that. You take those ties into wins and then you add shootouts. Or You'd whatever. have to say probably 70% of those ties would go to the Devils back in the day. For sure. Marty Berger on, on, a, on a breakaway? For sure. He's, yeah, he's for sure. pretty solid. He was awesome. He was awesome on, the, on, on penalty shots or breakaways. Yeah. So, so was, so was Patrick Watt, unless he, unless I was shooting on him, then I put his jock up and up in the rafters, like, like, like I did in 96. I after he hear. had the two, I can't the hear two what Jeremy's ring. saying. Okay. I had my Stanley cup ring Stanley plugged cup ring in my ear, in my ear, <laughs> <laughs> the best ever, the best ever. But you know, what? it's, it's, it's a great, it's a really good conversation to have um, in terms of the best goaltenders ever to play. Like, are you going to put, Andre Fleury as one of the top five best goaltenders ever to play. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not. In I this mean, era, yeah, maybe. So who? Who's your top three, Jr. Uh, Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Eddie Belfour, um, Curtis Joseph. I'm going from the guys I played with, played against. What about Mr. Uh, Hashik? I. Probably should probably should put hat. Oh, that's where you I was probably going. Probably should. You're gonna you probably should. Pretty pissed yeah, off no. people that are listening yeah, to this no, podcast. Yeah, they think probably hash in the world. Probably Hashik probably should be four, maybe Curtis Joseph five. I mean, what about Grant Joseph? I think he's top ten. I mean, look at the team that he played in front of too, right? I mean, that was yeah. pretty sick for a I think long you're, time. I think great goaltender, great goaltender. I mean, one of the best ever, no question about it. Did you um, say those guys in order of how you think they fall? Like, do you think Brodeur is number one? He was the hardest goaltender for me to score against, by really? far. Yeah, by far. And I think, I think, I think Patrick Waugh revolutionized the goaltending position the way because with the butterfly, it was he was really the first guy that perfected the butterfly. And then you saw Marty Brodeur kind of em emulate that that style, just like Jonathan Quick change the game with this V V stuff that their goaltenders are playing in the game. Now those goaltenders changed the way the position was played. And I think that, you know, Patrick Waugh deserves a lot of credit for the change of it. Because when I used to play against guys like Greg Millen 
and 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 uh, Grant Fuhr. They they literally would not want to go down to the ice because they'd have to try to pick themselves up. They'd try to stand up and hit the puck out with their stick and kick. You know, they kick forward instead of going down. It was a total different mentality of goaltenders, and they changed it. You know, it's pretty it's it's pretty you know revolutionized the the, the position. I remember Andy Moog in Montreal. Stretching in between your bed? We've already touched on that one. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in practice, there there were practices where his pads would not touch the ice. Never Literally. touch the ice. Not yeah. touch the ice. How's that possible in today's game? If, if you shot it, if you go- shot it stick, if you shot it stick side, they just take their stick and go, yep. try to knock it out with their stick. No court. And if you scored, you scored. Good job. That's that's the way they were. Like I mean, yeah. Andy Moog never went down one single time in in many many yeah. many practices. Let me tell you so guys a quick. Eddie, story. So Eddie Belfour. So Eddie Belfour. Eddie Belfour in practice. He, he for the first fifteen minutes, you do not shoot above the knees. Warm them up. Hit them with the pads. Hit them in the pads. Warm them up. After fifteen minutes, anything goes. And if a goal went in, he was pissed in practice. But warm me up first, because I remember one time Dave Manson came across. We're doing a warm up drill, and Dave Manson came and he did a drill where you come inside the blue line, you get a pass from the goal line, you go across the red line, and you shoot the puck on the goaltender to warm him up. Well, Dave Manson knocked one right off of Eddie Belfour's mask. Right next time Dave Manson goes, he's looking back to get the pass, and Eddie had taken a, a running start out of the net. And by the time Dave Manson got to the blue line and picked his head up, Belfour went boom and <laughs> absolutely tattooed him, knocked him straight backwards. And there was a big brawl for like 10 minutes at center ice. Then everybody got calm I, again. I'm going to tell you again. again, I played with, uh, I played with Dave Manson in Montreal. Charlie, if you will. Charlie, if you will. And one of the best he was one of the best ever. He was the last person in the world that you would want to do that to. I can't even imagine what, what happened to Eddie Belfour after that. No, Eddie, 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 Eddie's Eddie was not, he was, he didn't have all his screws (laughs) up there. Can you confirm an Eddie Belfour story for us? And Eddie's one of my favorite, favorite people in the world, but what a competitor. He didn't care. He'll, he didn't care who you were. He, he'd yell at you. He'd come at you. He'd fight you. He'd, Anything that he, the way the, that he focused. Is the story about Ed Belfour where he had his foot on the bellman's head and, and he got put in the back of a police cruiser and he said to the cop, he goes, I'll give you one. <laughs> he put the, he put the Dr. Know. Evil pinky up to the thing. I heard he was like, I'll give you $1 billion if you let me out of the back of the cruiser. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he did that. That's a pretty funny story. That's the most. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like it's in his character to do that, but no, okay. maybe. Well, maybe. Well, maybe we'll have to edit that one. Maybe we'll have to edit that one out just in case that one's false. But um, there's one story. I won't even share it. It doesn't even matter. It's about Brodeur. Uh, kind of a compliment to me. Olympics. Olympics. Um, league saying that they're going to leave it up to the players, JR. Uh, you were an Olympian. Would you go... And should it be left up to the players? And should they even go, period, end of story? Well, it's kind of crazy that they're talking about this now in the middle of December when it's the Olympics are in two months. Like, you're going to make a decision now. Um, I would think a lot of things would have to be, have to be done a lot, you know, a significant amount of time in preparation for that. Um, listen, I... I I don't mind them leaving it up to the players because especially when you're talking about the Czech Republic, you're talking about Russia, you're talking about Sweden, Finland, Slovakia. These, these players that come from those countries worship and think that the Olympics is the greatest, greatest sporting event in the history of, 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 the, of the world, which it might be. But they love playing for their country. And you heard Alex Ovechkin talk, like, I'm going to go play even if you say no, right? That's, that's kind of his mentality. So I think the players will go. They'll decide to go. The, the Olympics are for the best players in the sports, in that, in that sport. And the best players in hockey are national hockey players. I don't mind them going to the Olympics. Um, 
The only problem is, is that it's the big political question. Do you go support China, which is a communist country that has so many human, uh, you know, human violations of, of, you know, that they're sweatshops and all that stuff. That's the big, that's the big, the big, I just, do I do it? Do I do it? Did you read Petra Angelo's comments? I'll take politics out of it. I'm going to go because I would go because it's Olympics and to get an Olympic medal would be like, which I did was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in my, in my career. Um, you got to put politics away from sports. I don't like politics in in sports, which is why LeBron James pisses me off so much. Um, let, let the, let the governments uh, deal with the politics. Sports should be sports. You still have your, you still have your silver medal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, I do. Does it, does it, I'm not taking away from it, but I've always heard like gold or bust guys go to the world juniors in Canada. If they win silver or bronze, they don't even know where their medals are and stuff. Like, do you, do you cherish your Olympic silver medal? Yeah, of course. I mean, a medal is a medal and the, the, some of the, one of the most beautiful things that you've ever seen in your life. Holding it is like, it's amazing. Now, obviously gold is the, is the best, but my silver medal, it, it it was a different meaning for me because it, it was the, it, it symbolized the United States was a superpower in hockey. I mean, 96 world cup was the start. And I think that where we, where we definitely became the superpower is in 2002 when we were in the finals against our arch rival Canada. Now, do we hate losing to Canada? Of course, but it, it doesn't take away from we are one of the top two best teams on the planet because back in the eighties and seventies, we were always the seventh and eighth place teams. We didn't have good teams. So the eighties created the nineties, the 80 team created the nineties, which we made it a superpower. And the nineties have now created this wave of unbelievable U S hockey players that we've seen like Patrick Kane, Austin Matthews, um, Obviously, with Jack Eichel, we can go on and on. The U.S. junior team, how they've dominated more than Canada has over the last five or six years, or at least it's been even more competitive. These things, I'm proud to be to to have that silver medal because kids see that and they dream, and 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 the the country has gotten better because of it. Hundred percent. That that silver medal is next to my is next to my bed in in the yeah. case. And I'll watch it. I'll look at it proud every time. I don't care. Good for you, Matt. Quite an honor. Absolutely. I'm proud I lost to Canada. That, that, I mean, it's Canada's game. We wanted to beat them at it. We didn't do it, but we got yeah. there. Yeah. We were there. That was 2002, yeah. right? Yeah. That was a, clo- was it a close game. That was a close game. I remember we had an afternoon. It was a close I was playing- game until the last four minutes. And yeah. then uh, I think it was a 3-2 game or it was a 3-2 game. And then the last four minutes. Aginla and Flurry went nuts. And, uh, that was the that was like the five three. I was playing for the Rochester Americans. I don't know what day of the week that was. It might have been a Sunday, and we had we were we had a game in the afternoon, and we were watching that game. Um, or I can't remember what time our game was. We were watching the game in the locker room. I'll never forget it. And then I the pass that Lemieux let go through his legs. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God, Mario Lemieux, man. Um. Yeah. It was it, it was a great game. It was an awesome hockey game. It really was. It was epic for it was epic for us for 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 U.S. hockey. It really was. Yeah, I well, I just I think this Olympic thing isn't going away anytime soon. Me personally, Jr. I don't think they're going to go. I I think I yeah, think there's going to be too I many stipulations with, with the with the. I think the players like why would Crosby want to go? He's already won a gold. You know, like well, here's the thing. Can I can I add to that? You say, why does Crosby want to go? But I don't think Sidney Crosby has kids right now. Does he? I don't know. I don't think he has kids. But there's, well, but there's, a, player that, there's a player that came out just recently, and that's Alex uh, Petrangelo. He is going to be arguably the, the, the top defenseman on, on the Canadian team. And he came out and said he's very concerned. He's, he's concerned with the mandates that, that have to happen. You know, if you, uh, you know, acquire COVID, you could be there for upwards of in 21, upwards to five weeks. Now, this is, this is a, this is Chinese law. This is not mm-hmm. just like, ah, you know, we'll let this guy go back because he's going to go play. No, Great point. I mean, Great point. these players cannot, 
and it and and it's not that they can't be there to to do what they have to do in quarantine. It's about being away from your family. Do you think Petrangelo has like four kids? Do you think he's going to want to be away for you know over a month and a half? It's yeah. just not. It's not. I, you know, the right- and that's a good point. And plus, stopping the season in mid-season for two and a half weeks. And having the players that are going to go over there, what it's going to take physically, how many more games they're going to have to do to come back, and the other players that are going to be off for a week or ten days, um, does does that bode well? I, and I, Rev, your point is amazing. It's yeah. in all this, and it's not that they don't want to go; they want to represent. I, I kinda, you have an I opportunity with you to guys. represent. I kind of, I kind of agree with you guys. I, I think I would be very surprised if the players decide to go. I, I you know, I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna take back a little bit my earlier my yeah. earlier and um, it's, craving craving by other countries. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not that you it's not that these guys don't want to go. They want to represent their for their country so bad, but I just believe that it's gonna be too difficult. It's gonna be too yeah. difficult for you know being away from the families and 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 everything else. But uh, you know, I hope it happens. I'll tell you that because there's it's the best hockey in in the world is watching the best players play for their country. And it's the most exciting hockey that you can possibly watch. And that's the Olympics. It's, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. But JR, there's we'll no see. need for us. To, what I was we'll just say, there's no need for us to go an hour and a half today because there's literally, it's just amazing. There's literally not much to talk about in the hockey world, but I said, it's you guys last right night. now. It's, yeah. It's I said, you guys right last now. night, but you know what? It usually, usually right around Christmas time, it kind of slows down, right? It's the it, we call it the hockey doldrums, right? It's the it's the games 30, 25 to 50, 30 to 60. Yeah. It's like uh you want to know you know, what as you, a player. You I'll know. tell you when I realized that there was nothing going on today when I turned on the NHL network and they were still talking about the Zegra school. <laughs> so I'm like, uh Riv, oh, what are we what are we talking about today? Um hey, I got I get to I gotta tell you this story because I can tell it to you now. So I used to say this on on air. I used to say, you know, it's the it's it's the um, it's the downtime of hockey. It's the doldrums of of the season, right? It's the you know, it's the guys that kind of go a little blah, blah, right? And Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman came up to me one day and said, "Stop saying it's the doldrums. People don't want to hear about like like boring hockey or this or that." And I kind of thought about, you know, what? You're probably right. I shouldn't say that on on air and. And bring down the middle of the season being, you know, kind of the blah times of, of, of the of the season. Yeah. Um, but I can say it now. It's the blah time of the season. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what? I'm going to say the, you know, yeah, the blah time of the season, man. It could be from yeah. September to June it these is. days. Well, you know what? At this thought, time of year. That's how we thought as players. That's how we thought as players. Oh, for and sure. And like you, like you, Riv. I, I look at it as a player. And that's why I said it. And I understood what Gary was saying. Because you want to you want to keep the intensity up, which is which is great. But the fact of the matter is, if you're a player in that locker room, games thirty to sixty are the toughest to play. Yeah. In terms of Most getting definitely. your, especially during Christmas, during the holidays, you know, it's hard during all. Christmas, break. I turn off the NHL, and I put on the World Juniors because I think uh, those are the uh, the up and coming stars of this league, and I and I love watching all the yeah. all the countries. So I texted you guys last night and I said I bought a present or I bought a little surprise for, excuse me, for the segment today. So here it is, JR, inspired by you. Bring it. Unfuck yourself. <laughs> That's fantastic. Right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. you bought that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought it. I went into the store yesterday and I went up to the lady and there were people standing around. I was like, she's like, can I help you? I was like, yeah, I'm looking for, for a book. She's like, well, what's it called? Who's the author? I'm like, I don't know the author. Well, I definitely know the name. She's like, what's the name? And I looked around. I looked around. And I was like, Unfuck yourself. Oh, she's like, oh, I know Unfuck Yourself. Let's go. I'll go over here. And we walk over. And there's a whole bunch of them. Like, uh, there's a, there's a bunch book. of different kinds of, kinds of books. And I was going to start it last night, but I got onto a phone call with couple people and it just you know it just went a little long and then i watched that all or nothing on the new zealand all blacks i don't know if you guys have seen that and then i i fell asleep but i'm going to start it today and uh it says get out I of needed, your head. I, need, I needed to read it i needed to read it. <laughs> well i know you needed to read it you said 
But as I sit there, I'm just like, I'm all about catchy titles. A catchy title will get me every day. I judge a book by its cover. I do. Okay. Um, Only books though. And this one, this one just looks fantastic. I read, I read the inside. I read the back of a bunch of different uh, books by this guy. And and it sounds, uh, I'm going to, you know, there's a whole series of them. So let me know how it it. is. And uh, if you really like it, then uh, shoot it over my way. It's, I will. it's fast. It's fast reading. It's fast reading. It is I'm fast reading. Like the, like, yeah, it's not it like it's, yeah. yeah. It's did you read reading. it? You'll get it done. I did. Yeah. It's great. You did, eh? Oh, good for yeah, you. Okay. I'm, Buddy, uh, if anybody, if anybody needs to unfuck themselves, it's me. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were my inspiration and you know what? It, I love it. And it also, how about Ryan Leaf? His, uh, how much, awesome. how, how about the fact awesome. he loved that you, uh, messaged it's out awesome. about, uh, about his sobriety. That was pretty cool that he got here, that he tweeted that out. He's, um, I, th- I hope he's an inspiration to a lot of people because, um, like I said in my tweet, uh, to show people what uh, strength and commitment um, and durability will do to, for you, strength and commitment and, you know, living your life good. So, um, you know, listen, people are going to get canceled in this world. I did. A lot of people that don't deserve it did. Um, you got you to gotta, you gotta fight the fight and you got to, you know, you got to stay in it and good for him for doing it. We will not cancel you because we fucking love you. You are awesome. You're awesome. Love you guys back. How's the new house? How's the new house? It's it's empty. It's empty because you know in this you got that echo world, going on. This, you got the echo. This this world that we're that's so screwed up right now. At least this country where you can't get um, goods and services because it takes forever. Uh, we ordered all our furniture. We probably won't get our furniture till April or May because of the backlog and so i'm going to be camping in my new in my new home here fold, for a fold up fold up chairs. i don't care i got a great bed i got a i have um as I long have, as you got a good workbench ajr i have so i have these these soccer chairs that i'm sitting in right now you know life is good man life is good it's okay <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah. hey as long as you got a good workbench you know what i mean that's I got a great workbench. Got that's, a great workbench. Yeah, that's all. That's code for a bed. JR, JR. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I know that. <laughs> all right. I know that. I know that. I can elaborate on the workbench, but I'm not going to because no, I don't elaborate. Canceled for elaborating on that stuff. So yeah, it's don't okay. don't no need to elaborate. You're a good man. Be well. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good, good uh, show today. Yeah, yeah I was gonna on say twenty third. The twenty third lived up to the Michael Jordan expectations. Appreciate it. JR hey episode 23. This seems to be a theme and I don't want this to become a theme. Okay. But I don't like interrupting our guests or even you with my story. So I, I just, let me just, so Craig, you told me yesterday, dude, you got to shorten your fucking stories up. So let me shorten this story up. <laughs> Marty Bernard, you said some goalies never went down and, and their pads never touched the ice. I got really offended one day. I was playing with uh, Jersey for one year and, 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 and I never liked shooting on Berdur because it's Berdur, right? You don't want to actually hit him in the head. And so I would, I came down the boards. It was just like warm up shooting and Colin white went first and, and he's just got a howitzer of a shot and he shoots and, and Berdur doesn't really move or whatever. And I go down later on and I shoot and he doesn't move. He just kind of lets it hit him. But everyone else, he's like trying. He goes down and he throws his blocker out or whatever. And I said, I went up to him one day and I said, hey, I, you know me, eh? Like, I'm like, did I, I pissed you off or something? Like, I don't, like, like why, how come you don't move when I come down and shoot on you? And he goes, he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, if you notice, there's like a few guys on the team that I don't really go down if they're taking a slap shot or something. And he said, you're one of them. And I said, well, who are the other ones? He goes, well, Brian Rafals, he goes, or not Rafals, he, uh, Rolston, Whitey. And he said, he said, you, and he said, the reason is, is you guys all shoot the puck the hardest on the team. He's like, so if I go down and that puck just skips up and hits me in the head, I mean, I could get a concussion or I could, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't want to get hit in the head. He's like, other guys, he's like, they shoot hard. He's like, but they're, they're, he, that's when he started to explain the difference of a heavy shot and a hard shot. And, I never really heard that from a goalie before. So I just, I was like, oh, okay. He's like, so you don't have to be paranoid. 
you can be proud. <laughs> and I was like, all right, there you go. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice little, cause I remember when I, we were playing in, in uh, Buffalo, you and I, and I'm morning skate in Florida. And I think it was the day after our epic night out, you and me, and the ice was terrible. And I walked in on Millsy on the warm up shot and I let the puck stood up on me and I was waiting for it to drop. And right as it dropped, it stepped up again. And I fucking shot it as hard as I could hit him in the collarbone. Do you remember yes, this? hundred percent. And he had to that. leave the ice. <laughs> it was, and he's I, the wor- he is the I worst guy you want to hit too. Oh. Oh, he's such a grumpy bear all the time. Oh, on game I was day, so serious. I was shitting my pants and Millsy and I were so well, we are, but we were uh, they're such good friends. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just cranked him. And I'm like, I'm not going to hear the end of this. And the amazing get thing is I skated around the rest of that practice knowing <laughs> that it was going to completely ruin your day. Because you're so sensitive, like you're this great, well, big, massive grizzly teammates, bear that man. mauls people, but you're so sensitive, I'm you know. Gentle. And you're gentle, like you're this gentle giant. And as soon as you hit Millsy, you had to stay on the ice and finish pregame, uh, our pregame skate. And I know the entire time that your brain is. Is, like is, in my head's going, I'm getting sent down for that. I'm, meanwhile, I'm on a one way deal. I'm like, I'm getting sent down for that. I'm getting sent. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's why you gotta be. Hey, I could have used this back in the day, kid. All right, that's it. Episode twenty two. Got anything to add? Nope. All good. That's you, eh? All good. I did Marty Berdur. Sorry. You what? I said I did score a goal on Marty Berdur. I still remember it in New Jersey one time or not big deal. From, from where? The OB spot? No, it was actually right off the faceoff. I was uh, on the right-hand side in New Jersey. Uh, Saku Koivu basically tells me, he goes, hey, come over here to the top of the circle on the left-hand side. Okay? So he won it on his backhand, and I one-timed it right off. Like, he won it perfectly me. I, perfect to me. I one-timed it. Bar in, not a big deal. Gave him a wink. No, I didn't. I didn't do that, but I wish I did. So and, uh, it's it's probably one of the most memorable goals I scored in the NHL just because it's Marty Berdera, and that was the only one I got on him. The greatest goal I ever scored in the NHL was in practice on Marty Berdera. When I surprised myself, we were in San Jose of all places, and we were at the practice rink there. And we were doing like a little juice boy thing. And I went in and I absolutely undressed him, undressed him with the magic mitts I had that morning. And even he was surprised. Even he was like, whoa, whoa. He doesn't care if you score on him in practice. Like he'll be like, oh, whoa, that was nice. That was a nice goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to look up. I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you the best goal I ever scored in the NHL. And it was in overtime playing for the Montreal Canadiens in San Jose. I don't know why I was on the ice in overtime, but I completely dangled the whole team. Come on. Was it five on five overtime back then? No, it was. It was four uh, on four. I think it was. uh, I think it was four on four. I think it was four on four. But I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that video and I'm going to send it to you. It's going to, it probably, I don't know how I'm going to find it, but you'll find it. That's my favorite goal. Yeah. All right, episode 23. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.